0: Welcome to the Herb Nerd Podcast with enlightening interviews where vibrant and diverse teachers, authors, and healers talk about a variety of topics such as self healing, herbalism, and spirituality. And now, your guy, my mom, the Herb Nerd. Hello, Herb Nerds.
1: This is Monica. Today on the Herb Nerd Podcast, we're going to progress into part two with Dr. Phil Garrison, and we're going to be talking more about reishi mushroom. But before we get into the interview, I want to connect with you and let you know what I've been up to. Last month, I got to take a class with Juliet Blackenspore, and Spore. She is the director of the Chestnut School of Herbal Medicine, which is an online course that's now available. You should check out her page on Facebook. She has a page devoted to it and a website. And she said that she would love to be on the podcast. So I hope to bring more of what she has to offer to you and connect you with her because she is an amazing woman and I love taking the class with her and I want to take more classes with her so the class that I took was called female reproductive health and we went over hormones and the endocrine system and we went over the herbs that are supportive for nourishing the womb probably the coolest thing that I learned was the fact that plastics are really really disrupting our endocrine system and it's really messing with female reproductive health and we went into the science of it but if you want to go on the community of herb nerds um, it's a group on facebook i put a post up on october 12th about um, the human elimination of plastic compounds through blood, urine, and sweat, and it's BUS study, and it is very interesting. Generally, studies can make me like roll my eyes, but this was a really great study, and it talks about these plastics and um, poisons being found in breast milk. And um, what Juliet offered in her class was different ways to negate that, and the importance of just you know cooking your own food and staying away from plastics as much as you can and the importance of daily detox and pretty much it was a good reminder for myself that dandelion leaf and roots and burdock and all these wonderful herbs can be included in a daily detox tea i think that i've had a bad taste in my mouth for detox for a long time just because of working for years in herbal shops and seeing people sick after doing a 21-day cleanse or a three-day fast. And they all have their applications and there are some miraculous miracles that do happen. But why do that You know, three times a year, four times a year, once a year, once every five years, why do that and stress out your body When you can take it slow and have a cup of tea a day. So that leads me to talk about my Etsy Tea Shop. And today I want to talk about a tea that I love that I just put in our shop here. And it's called Awakening Heart. And Awakening Heart is made with herbs that have been traditionally used for supporting the mind and the heart. It has Krishna and Rama Tulsi, red roses, ashwagandha, shatavri, albizia flowers, and ginger. And this is probably my favorite tea that I've ever made. And it really helps get me out of a funk. I used it last week when I was at my wit's end with my poor sweet husband. And it really helped cool me down and remind me of the more important things in life, and we are able to totally work out some really hard, deep stuff that we were stuck in. So yeah, check out, check out the shop. If you want to add the ritual of tea in your life, I'm offering three, six, and 12-month subscriptions of an herbal tea box for those interested. And what that means is that a monthly surprise of a tea box will show up on your doorstep with one handcrafted two ounce of herbal tea blends that I make myself that will happen every month for three six or 12 months you get free shipping and a reusable cotton tea bag which is included in each month's tea box and plus I donate 2.5 percent of all herbal tea sales to United Plant Sales. It's so much more than just a cup of tea with beautiful herbs. You're helping a beautiful foundation, and you're helping yourself, and you're helping the planet. So thanks for supporting. Now we're going to get into the interview with Dr. Phil Garrison, and we're going to talk about reishi mushroom and the many benefits of this amazing, glorious mushroom. But before we do that, I just want to remind you, if you can leave a positive review on iTunes... It's kind of confusing, I'm not going to lie, but I read every single one of them, and they mean so much to me, and it really helps get this podcast out there and noticed, and I really want to thank those of you who have taken the time to do so. I'd love to thank you on the podcast for doing so, and if you want to slip your company's name in there, I will give you a personal shout out as well. All right, here we go.
0: Reishi, the name in Chinese is ling lingzhi, which translates to um, ling is is divine or kind of spiritual, and zhi um, means like fungus or mushroom. So it, the name itself literally means divine or um, spirit mushroom or heavenly fungus, something like that. So this this is something. That is extremely hard to come by. It it back in the days of ancient China, many of your listeners may have read um, the Tao Te Ching or they're familiar with Taoism, and mm-hmm. th- there's this idea of sort of this romanticized notion of the Taoist sage wandering these misty mountains in China, um, you know, living out life in complete harmony with the universe and just eating herbs and roots and, you know, meditating in a cave somewhere. Well, (laughs) Ling the, the reishi mushroom is very much tied up in this idea of, um, Taoism and uh these the practice of immortality the the quest for immortality and so it was extremely rare to the point that most of the time the only people that could afford it if they didn't stumble across it in the wilderness were Mm -hmm. the were the emperors um Mm -hmm. because it, it just was so rare and you know um the Chinese used to call another name for for reishi is um, auspicious herb or uh, auspicious fungus. So even the very act of finding reishi in the wild was considered to be this amazing gift. um, From the
1: heavens almost.
0: Exactly. And there are these rituals um, you know they, they were they were so serious about finding these <laughs> these reishi mushrooms that they had um, one of the descriptions is that the, the the sage or the Taoist or the you know the 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 naturalist kind of human would go off into the mountain on a on a, a specific day sort of based astrologically on what would be a good day they go off into the mountains and they, they had to carry like magical uh, figures or talismans with them. And some of the stories, even they need to bring a white chicken or a white dog. And they, and they do this elaborate ritual in order to gain the favor of the mountain spirits, because Mm. the idea was reishi was such a sacred thing That the mountain spirits were the ones that guarded it, and so if you didn't pay honor to the mountain spirits, you could actually walk over a patch of reishi without even seeing it. Um, You need that
1: gives me goosebumps.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, this is a very special um, mushroom, and it 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 throughout throughout history. When I've gone back, uh, you know, from from my work, as I said, one of the the things we specialize in is we have a very high quality reishi mushroom extract. Which, aside, um, you know, the typical way to grow reishi nowadays, which is what makes it more prevalent, is they they grow it on um, logs, like old logs. But yeah,
1: oak logs.
0: Yeah, but the difference in terms of our process is ours is actually grown on a, a substrate of herbs. So it's, it's a really, ours is extremely potent. Um, back in the day, of course, you would have to come across a tree or um, a decaying stump or something that had these mushrooms um, on there. And, and so it was incredibly difficult to find. And what you see over and over again in the Chinese writings about it is A couple of key phrases. One of them is makes the body light. Um, Another is enables one to live a long and healthy life of, you know, or, or enables one to become a mortal. So there's very much this idea. um, There's another phrase that you see frequently um, sharpens the, uh, or improves wisdom and intelligence. So reishi was very much considered to be this transcendent experience, and,
1: but what's so interesting is that you know there are psychoactive herbs that ha- can transcend people very very quickly, but generally there's this fallout, this toxicity that people feel from it. Right. Um, but it seems like reishi can do that
0: too. Yes, reishi is very interesting in that regard because it it definitely there's a component to the reishi which very much is a consciousness expanding component. It's a very clear headed experience. So it's it, it it's like um, after if maybe you've meditated for like thirty minutes. In the morning, or before you go to bed, or something, and you have that clear-headed, um, heightened awareness. That's Reishi sort of fosters that. Um, and in my own practice, actually, I've had success using Reishi for a number of different things related to um, sort of varied psychological type issues, um, and. One of the things I've had success using it for is people who smoke a fair amount of marijuana or drink a fair amount of alcohol, and they want to either cut back or curtail those activities completely. I found that reishi is an amazing herb for helping people transition off those substances um, and not have the kind of um, psycho-emotional fallout that we might typically associate with those things where you expect that the patient's going to kind of be, you know, maybe depressed or angry or, you know, irritable or anxious as this is happening. The reishi is really good at buffering that and they've actually done some Western uh, or biomedical research on the reishi mushroom itself and some of the um, components in it where they've found that it actually has some antidepressant effects. So, um, in my own practice, again, I wouldn't recommend this, um, unless you're working with a psychotherapist of some sort working in conjunction, but, um, I've been able to use reishi to help people reduce their, um, medications, um, if they want to cut back on, you know, their, their psychoactive medications, um,
1: that's so amazing that you're finding that in your practice.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is an amazing herb, which is which is why I wanted to talk about it. And the best part is, it was because it was so hard to find. It was used, um, you know, it, it was used kind of on its own. And so, you know, the, unlike most herbs in Chinese medicine, which work better with other herbs or work better in combinations, reishi mm-hmm. is something that is sort of a, one of the few real standalone herbs in Chinese medicine. And so, um, it's, and it's also a very safe herb. Um, there, you know, I, I looked through all my, my texts just to be sure. So I could make this statement without, um, misleading anybody, but th- there are really no contraindications from a, a, biomedical pharmaceutical perspective or a pharmacological perspective, excuse me, or, um, even or from a Chinese medicine perspective either. In fact, when reishi was originally talked about in the, in the first um, Materia Medica or Pharmacopoeia um, of Chinese medicine, it was placed in a category of substances that they called the superior medicinals, which literally means these are substances that you can take daily and will, you'll have no ill effects and you, it, they'll, they'll help you live longer um, mm-hmm. and enjoy, a, you know, a better life. Um, so you know, from 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 the beginning of time, the Chinese recognized that that these were special mushrooms that they were safe mushrooms, and that's another reason why I wanted to discuss uh, reishi with with you and your audience because, you know, so many other herbs can be misused, reishi, or, you know, you can get yourself into trouble with like, you know, another popular Chinese herb that everyone's undoubtedly heard of is ginseng. Well, you you can definitely do some damage with ginseng if you don't know what you're doing, but Mm -hmm. not the case with reishi um, so much, unless you gave someone a ridiculously high dose. The only cautions that you see from a modern perspective are basically not using too much, and people having reactions to what the Chinese sometimes do, which is giving intramuscular injections of reishi. Um, Interesting. Like, yeah, like a reishi decoction. The, in China, they, they actually do um, herbal injections um, with certain herbs, but apparently they've had some negative reactions in a few people to giving reishi in that form. But in my own practice, I've, I've seen it to have a very safe therapeutic window Um, this, this is just a great herb for so many things. Um, the, the company that I work for, we have a product called spirit reishi, um, which is an extract powder. Um, so it's something people could just add to their smoothies. Um, if they're really brave, they can just add it to hot water. Reishi tends to have a, a bitter taste. Um, it, it pairs very well with, um, chocolate or chocolate-like things. Um, definitely, like, a reishi hot chocolate would, would be, be a, a delicious beverage, <laughs> for sure. That
1: sounds good.
0: Yeah. Um, but traditionally, what I've found, or, or the best of, of my ability, um, because my own ability to translate Chinese is very rudimentary, but I can hack my way through it. Um, typically, what it seems is that reishi was either eaten on the spot, like when they found it, Mm -hmm. or they would go through an elaborate alchemical process, truthfully. Um, And this is another thing that I always mention to my Herbs 1 class, that Chinese herbalism, to a degree, grew out of um, the quest for immortality. The ancient Chinese had almost an obsession with Obtaining long life and immortality. Um, if some you and some of your listeners may be familiar with the movie called Hero, um, mm-hmm. the one with Jet Li in it. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the emperor in that movie um, was the emperor of the Qin dynasty, which was right before um, most of these books that I talk about were written. And it was a very short-lived dynasty. Um, he was a very harsh ruler, as the movie Hero kind of shows. But his, his, his vision was to unify all of China, unify the writing, and but for the most part, he was able to achieve this. What ended up killing him actually was the quest for immortality, ironically.
1: Interesting. Because he that was he wanted so much.
0: Yeah, because he was taking some of these um, alchemical preparations, many of which, similar to Western alchemy. And I, I would imagine Ayurveda as well in the rasa Shastra traditions, um, included mercury, um, right. or cinnabar type things. Um, so the the Chinese herbalism, uh, the the original book of Chinese herbalism, um, the original materia medica, which men- mentions Reishi, is called um, Shen Nong Bun Cao, which means um, Shen Nong's materia medica, and Shen Nong was kind of a, a legendary Chinese folk hero. And he was the one that the, the Chinese say brought them farming and brought them medicine, specifically herbal medicine. And there's a legend about Shen Nong that he used to go and travel through the mountains in different areas of China, tasting different herbs. He, he would taste, you know, a hundred herbs a day and record their therapeutic effects. And he, he would, and there's a funny quote in there about he tasted 100 herbs per day and poisoned poisoned himself 70 times a day but he (laughs) he he sort of always came across the the antidote in his travels um so chinese herbalism is is very wrapped up in to, to my in my understanding based on the research i've done i feel i can make make the claim that chinese medicine was influenced to a large degree by the quest for immortality it's wrapped up in some alchemical traditions. And so some of the preparations for reishi that we see are very alchemical in nature. So you one of them, you're washing the re, you soak the reishi mushroom in water that has been used to cook rice. And then you dry it in the sun. And then you soak it again and, and you soak it and dry it. Uh, for different times and different numbers, depending on the time of year and all this stuff, yeah. it's it, you know there's a ton of numerology involved in all of this. You
1: can see that, yeah.
0: But basically, what you're doing is you're you're soaking the herb and then drying it with this in the sun, and then eventually you're making a powder out of it. And the two um, preparations that I've come across in my research, one involves um, preparing it with honey into pills. And the other one involves um, preparing it by steaming da zhao, um, which is, or hong zhao, which is a Chinese uh, jujube date. Um, They're sort of big and plump. I know they have them at Halo. Um, They
1: are so delicious. Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, but you you can imagine, since you're familiar with that herb, like they're sort of soft and squishy. So if you steamed them, you could use them um, to kind of make reishi pills out of.
1: Um, They're fibrous and they're slightly sticky because of the sweetness.
0: Right. Yeah. So, you know, those are the two methods of preparation that i found, but, you know, in general, the idea was, you know, based on my own understanding, this is something that a lot of times you would just eat out in the wild Mm -hmm. and, You know, as I said, coming across the ratio was considered an incredibly auspicious omen. Um, It it was considered that the the spirits of the mountain were favoring favoring you. And you know, there's there's all these very interesting descriptions of the different types of mushrooms that you can find in the mountains. And like one of them looks like a dragon, and another one looks like a horse and carriage. And you know, (laughs) there's these elaborate descriptions. But, Are these
1: the different types of reishi?
0: Well, the the Chinese the 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 character jur, which is part of the name of reishi, which I said was was ling jur or spirit mushroom. The character jur can mean different things. So, the Chinese identified five main uh, five main types of jur based on color, um, but the one that they now consider to be the true reishi is the red one.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so the red one would be considered the Ganoderma lucidum. Um, the other one that you sometimes see is the black. The black one. Yeah. And that one, some scholars believe is actually a different species. Um, it's not the same. Um, and typically the red is seen as the, the better or the, the, the more desirable of the two, mm-hmm. of course, because it's Chinese medicine, the colors of the reishi give you an idea of their function. So because the color of the heart is red in Chinese, mm-hmm. the red reishis were seen more to be a benefit to the heart and the heart houses, the spirit, uh, in Chinese medicine. So th- the red were the ones that were really a benefit to the heart into the spirit um, interestingly enough, the the modern research now suggests that um, <laughs> there there can be um, that there's a benefit to reishi, a cardiovascular benefit to reishi. It can, um, some of the studies actually suggest that reishi can reduce or reishi can benefit people who have high blood pressure or or are pr- are prone. To high cholesterol, so there, there's a, a a funny, yeah, sort of cross <laughs> like uh, across a giant gap of two thousand years that they, they're 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 now finding in their pharmacological studies and their their clinical trials using reishi, they're finding that actually there is this benefit to the heart, and of course, again when we're talking about the colors, the red is the heart and the black reishi are. The ki- uh, black is associated with the kidney and the mm-hmm. heart and the kidney in chinese medicine i don't want to go too far off topic but since i did talk about the summer and the winter solstice at one point and those two things being kind of the extremes of what we in chinese medicine call yin and yang in the body the heart and the kidney fill that role the heart would be um, associated with the summer solstice and the kidney would be associated with the winter solstice. So, because of that, the kidney is seen as sort of this deep reservoir of um, sort of the vital essence of, right. of the human being. So, right. the heart and the houses energy
1: is going within during that time
0: period. Exactly. So, the kidney is very much like um, I mean, one of the ways that I describe it to my students is the kidney has, on some level, the energy of like a seed so as as you're aware because i know you've done gardening and and wild herb harvesting and all that like the when you have a seed that contains the entire blueprint of life all that energy is contained in that seed the same idea with the kidneys so the black because the reishi are black those type of mushrooms are considered to be more beneficial to the kidney um again the The red were considered to be the the higher. Um, l- the red were considered to be more auspicious because they, because reishi has this association with the heart, spirit, the spirit of the heart, um, lighting the spirit. In fact, some of the ancient texts say that the immortals, the Taoist immortals, take reishi, and after taking them for a while, it enables them to fly. Um, mm. So we might look at that metaphorically and say, "Wow." you know, reishi is something that could benefit meditation. Um
1: Right. It makes me think of like <clears throat> maybe astral protection or uh, lucid dreaming even.
0: Yeah. Spirit travel of some sort. Right. Um Yeah. So reishi is, is very cool like that. And, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I just, it, it's such a, a fascinating substance. And, and truthfully, I, I use it very frequently in my practice because as I said, the therapeutic window is, is, it's very safe. Um, and it, it can be used a lot of the time when other herbs can't, um, and other herbs, other formulas can't, um, you know, I have personally, uh, there are, you know, I don't want to give people advice on on when when you would use it, um, Mm -hmm. for, for, when people are on, on pharmaceuticals, but, Mm -hmm. You know, reishi can be something that can can work and not disrupt that too much. In terms of modern research, kind of validating these these ancient understandings of reishi, they've they've found now that reishi has has a benefit neurologically as well. Um, so they found that it can actually help protect um, the brain in in stroke cases there's some studies that show promise for reducing um epileptic seizures Mm -hmm. and it's you know in general it's it's been seen to um you know one of the the more common things again this is something that um some of your your listeners might be able to employ reishi for in their own practice it's it's good for um it can have a it can be very beneficial for promoting healthy sleep. Um so again when we talk about in in ancient Chinese medicine when we talk about you know a benefit to the spirit here we have a modern validation of that same idea of benefiting the spirit. Mm.
1: It also seems from what I've researched that there's a level of protection of immunity too.
0: Yes, um, there's a number of things. Uh, one of the the more popular applications of reishi that even some um, very open-minded um, Western biomedical doctors are are looking into reishi for is as an adjunct therapy for cancer treatment. So, in in a a recent study, they found that reishi, and this might be of interest to, to, you know, people in your, uh, some of your listeners that work with, um, with women in specific, uh, specialize in women's health. They found that, that reishi actually can help suppress, uh, breast to lung cancer cell metastasis. So, it can kind of contain it um, so it doesn't spread further um, because it's very common for um, breast cancer to metastasize into the lung. Well, this one study, at least that they did in 2014, found that it can help suppress that um, metastasis, which is pretty amazing. And then, wow. you know, I I know um, another thing they, that some Western Practitioners use it for as well is just using it in conjunction with chemotherapy because it can help sort of protect the body a little bit better and protect the immune system. Um, but another thing, again, when we're talking about women's health, that I think is really amazing for Reishi, um, especially because, you know, a few years ago there was that whole thing with um, the vaccine Jardisil. Which they were giving to, they were recommending oh like you know, sixth grade girls get jardaso because it protects against these four strains of of HPV. Um, and <laughs> Don't HPV- even
1: get me started. Yeah. With that. Okay.
0: So so here you go. So so you know what we're talking about here. They found um, in an, another 2014 study, they found that reishi had um, preventative use against cancers caused caused by HPV. Um, so again, pretty amazing. And then in general, like when they do, uh, just basic studies, they found that reishi has antibiotic properties, antioxidant properties, antimicrobial properties, anti-tumor properties, just, it just keeps going. Like this is just truly one of the herbs that, that when, when you hear about it in the ancient texts, it's easy to say, oh, well, that's sort of, you know, fantastical. That's a very, you know, fantastical description of this herb. I'm sure it's not that amazing. Actually, reishi is one of the few that really lives up to its name. Um, it It is something that's incredibly potent and has a wide variety of applications for, um, you know, in in healthcare. And, you know, that's why I'm, you know, particularly excited about that as Because as I said, it's something that can be used on its own um, in certain cases. It seems
1: like everybody should have reishi (laughs) in their diet. And, you know, we need reishi more than ever in history. And it's also more available than it ever has been.
0: Right. And that's one of the, the, the amazing things is like, you know, we have access to an herb, which for thousands of years, you either had to stumble across in the wild um, or you had to be so wealthy that you were the only person that could afford it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I should mention, uh, because I know there are some members of your audience that are into wild crafting and wild foraging, there are um, North American species of Ganoderma. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah, and another thing... You know, since you mentioned homeopathy, um, and I know you have a background in Western herbalism as well as Ayurveda, you're undoubtedly familiar with the idea of doctrine of signatures. Right. So if you if you look at reishi and you and you examine it, it's it has the appearance, on, uh, of a brain and a brain stem. It's not too hard to make that leap.
1: I see that.
0: And if you, you know, and it also, on, on, a, on, on the flip side, also looks very much like the, a kidney. So oh. you can see those two applications of promoting longevity, sharpening the mind. There very much is that um, doctrine of signatures right there in the mushroom.
1: I love to see that in nature. I I get so excited. It's just like, there's a part of me that's like, yes, I knew it. And it's nature's, um, nature's language right right there playing out in front of us. Well, I have, been just thrilled to learn more about reishi it's been so great um how do people find out more about what you offer or i know that you have a youtube channel you also have reishi products can you share that information with sure
0: audience? absolutely um the the company that i work for where you can get the the reishi products is uh immortalityalchemy.com um so it's just like the name S- says immortalityalchemy.com. And you can find it on our website. It's called Spirit Reishi. You could also probably just Google Spirit Reishi and find it. Um, we also have cordyceps, as I said. And I'll just take a moment um, since, you know, if people are going to be going to the website, one thing I have found cordyceps to be specifically useful for mm-hmm. is when people are trying to get off cigarettes. Um, I found that cordyceps is an amazing adjunct herb for helping to clean up the lung. Um, again, this is one of those cases where, and, and this is sort of why I mentioned it when the person is in that first two weeks of trying to get off cigarettes and they're irritable and anxious and all that bad stuff is happening. Reishi at that point can really help mediate some of those effects. Then at the end of that two week period, when most of the, the 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 acute issue is over. You can start using cordyceps um, again, making sure that the, there's no herb drug interactions or anything with anything your uh, your patient might also be doing. Right. You, you can use cordyceps to help clean up the lung and mm-hmm. and restore lung function. So those are the we have cordyceps, we have reishi, and as I mentioned, we have um, we actually have organic royal jelly. Um, Mm -hmm. which is, which is nice. Uh, Royal jelly has a a lot of um, B vitamins and other beneficial compounds.
1: And that's a special food that's fed to the queen bee, right?
0: Yes. Actually, um, all the bees get a little bit of royal jelly in their life, but the queen is fed royal jelly throughout her whole life. And that's what makes a queen, a queen. Um, Mm -hmm. All the bees are born genetically the same. And then the queen's just develop by eating this Royal jelly. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why it's called Royal jelly. It's a very potent food. Um, it's been, it, it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have a use historically mm-hmm. in Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a little less familiar yeah. with that, but you know, the cordyceps and the reishi are great um, for, for those people who might already be Chinese medicine practitioners that are listening to your podcast. Uh-huh. I've run a group on Facebook called mm-hmm. uh, scholars of chinese medicine it's an amazing group we've got almost two i started in in october we have almost 2000 members now um and and these some of the members include some of the like premier translators and practitioners um particularly in the west but we have truly an international um group we have people from canada australia Europe, um, and China participating in the group, um, people sharing translations, people talking about these ancient books, you know, and so if, if you want to learn more about Chinese medicine, um, and you're already a practitioner, scholars of Chinese medicine is great. Um, I
1: have a website,
0: right? I do. Um, for those people that might be listening in San Diego, uh, I have a clinic with my wife in Vista. California, which is in North County. And, um, the website for that is garrisonacupuncture.com, um, which is my last name, uh, G-A-R-R-I-S-O-N acupuncture.com. And then finally, you can also find me on, um, wow, you can find me a bunch of places. You can find me on Facebook, um, as Dr. Phil Garrison, D-A-O-M. You can like me. I share, um, in information on my page. Um, you know, I've shared some of these studies on, with, on Reishi on my page. And then if you're interested in really nerdy Chinese medicine discussions, <laughs> like, you know, far more nerdy, like, but if you think, wow, you're really talking about a lot of in-depth concepts there, Dr. Phil, um, <laughs> if, if you really want to go further with that, um, I, you can Google me as a, you. Um, As a YouTube channel, I've interviewed some major academics, um, including archaeologists who have specialized in early Chinese medicine um, and Chinese Chinese herbalism and Chinese medical history, and um, you can find me on on YouTube under my name, um, Dr. Phil Garrison, again, there. And I have a blog as well but it the, the best place to to find me if you're interested in that stuff is to just start with my Facebook page Dr. Phil Garrison DAOM because I have links to everything else on that page.
1: Oh, you're doing some amazing things and I'm so excited to um, stay in touch and to see where you go.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I you know, the Chinese medicine is just so amazing and it's worth worth preserving. You you, you you mentioned, you know, the evolution of healthcare in our country, and you, you said we were at a crossroads, and I very much agree with that idea. We're at a crossroads, and I am a very strong believer, um, and I could go off for another two hours on this idea, but I'll keep it brief. But I'm a strong believer that th- the traditional practitioners have to be diligent about not Acquiescing um, to integration where they become subservient to biomedicine. I think if we're going to have true integration in the in the type of integration and integrative medicine that can really benefit the most people, we need to preserve Chinese medicine and Ayurveda and these other ancient healing systems. We need to preserve their essence. We need to preserve them as an independent system, and not just try to synthesize it or just add it into Western biomedicine. Um, and sort of, because what I see a lot of now is the creation of this kind of jack of all trades right. type type of practitioner. And as you can no doubt tell, as your audience can no doubt tell, I'm just talking about reishi. And a very, very brief understanding of Chinese medicine. And it's taken me well over an hour to even explain minor details like on, on Chinese medicine. There's so much research. And when we when we graduate from, from schools, practitioners who are graduating from TCM schools have a very limited understanding of Chinese medicine and the scope of Chinese medicine. And there's so much research and so much more to the medicine than we learn in school. And that's why I started that group scholars of Chinese medicine, because I want people to be able to ask questions and have those questions answered Mm -hmm. so they can develop their understanding of Chinese medicine. Because if we try to integrate Chinese medicine after just that cursory understanding of four years of a master's program, right. we're going to get a medicine that is weaker and less effective than if we spent time truly understanding that system of Chinese medicine. And in fact, that's what's happening in China right now, because the Chinese have been working with this hybridized system of TCM in their hospitals. Um for probably 20 or 30 years longer than we have in the West. And they're already seeing, there are already doctors in China who were around before that integration took place that Mm -hmm. are saying this new way of practicing is less effective. And, and so, you know, this is coming from the motherland of the medicine that I'm talking about. And so we need to be very careful um, when we're excited about this in- integration, which I think is worth being excited about. But, right. but, but what we have to be careful of is that the Chinese medicine practitioners and the Ayurvedic practitioners are autonomous and they're very knowledgeable about their system. And then we have the Western MDs and physical therapists, chiropractors, all these other people that ideally we can refer to each other instead of trying to create and what we see now. Hybridized. Yeah. And that's happening across the board. You know, chiropractors, physical therapists, MDs are, you know, they can take a course and become certified to do acupuncture in, you know, less than 300 hours. Um, wow. that, yeah. Um, I no idea. Yeah. But, but what they lose is the theory. So, you know, yeah, you can treat pain if you put needles where the pain is. That doesn't take a genius. But when you have these more complex conditions, you need an understanding of the the philosophy and the depth of the medicine. And I think, you know, that's that's my one caveat to anyone who's listening um, that may be interested in, in studying Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. Before you try to integrate, make sure you educate Um, yourself.
1: Thank you you so much for leaving us with that. That's such an amazing and important point that I'm glad you brought up. (laughs) It's been so great talking with you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with this community.
0: Well, happy to do it. And, you know, as I said, I give my Facebook page. So if any of your listeners um, still have questions, um, you know, feel free to write me um, um, via Facebook and um i'll i'll answer your questions to the best of my ability
1: oh excellent thanks dr phil
0: thank you monica have a great day thanks bye
1: want to get one step nerdier well if you go onto my website the herb nerd slash herbal membership you can become an herbal member of the Herb nerd community what this means is that the podcast that I offer here is a listener-supported show, so with a monthly subscription, you will be helping me produce more content. The more people who subscribe, the more shows I can do per month. As of now, I'm doing one per month and I want to step up my game. So, I also want to make my subscribers part of the show and help you influence the content that I record. So, I have three different options. The $10 per month is the Herb Nerd Sprout Lover. And with this, I'll guarantee to answer one of your questions on the show each month. With $15 a month, you can become an Herb Nerd Plant Lover and I'll guarantee to answer one of your questions on the show per month. And once per year, I will do a podcast on the herbal or health topic of your choosing. And lastly, for $20 per month, you can become an herb nerd tree lover. And I'll guarantee to answer one of your questions on the show every month. Plus, once a year, I will do a podcast on your herbal or health topic of your choosing. And lastly, I will offer you a year-long herbal tea subscription with free shipping, which comes with 12 of my handcrafted herbal tea blends. And I just want to remind you that I offer 2.5% of all my herbal tea sales to United Plant Savers. So please support this podcast. Please support the Plant Savers. And please support your health by becoming a member and becoming part of this community. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Herb Nerd Podcast, which is all about herbs, healing, and spirituality. That's all for this episode, and until next time, for more inspiring advice and to learn how to cultivate your inner sanctuary, head on over to my website at www.theherbnerdpodcast.com or find me on Twitter or Facebook. And to show the world that you're an herb nerd, please don't forget to rate me on iTunes. It really does make a difference five stars the herb nerd podcast is an educational resource so stay tuned for the next discovery of the many musings of the herbal world bye